Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes. The Dream Take Podcast. My name is Mike Brown and... We are coming to you live after another Houston Rockets game, as we do every single game here at the Dream Take. I should say the Dream Chase, the Dream Take podcast. Um, Rockets lose tonight. The game was really never close. I want to hear from y'all, man. You know, I not start this show just like every other show and coming up here and you know, happy go lucky. You know, the Rockets are coming off of just another embarrassing loss, man. This sucks, you know? Like, I'm sick and tired of being that, for lack of a better term, trying to put on, you know, lipstick on a pig. Like, the Rockets suck. They're not any good. And I get it, Kevin Porter Jr. didn't play tonight. Damian Lillard didn't play for the Blazers. And... It brings up the question, you know, like I'm, I'm here on, you know, we're here on Spotify Green Room. You want to talk uh, Rockets basketball, hit the, the request to speak button. Like there's guys like Shane, right, who live overseas. Why in the world would, and, and this is an honest question. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, later tonight, tomorrow morning, this weekend, whenever. If you're a Rockets fan, why in the world would you watch this team? That, that's a that's a God's honest question, and that's the theme of tonight's show. Is why are you watching this team? Because it's pretty evident that this coaching staff is so over their head with the roster that they have that it's a tough watch. You know, and Lucas says, you know, Jalen finally had a good game. I agree with you. Jalen Green looked good tonight. He had 17 points, shot 4 of 11 from the field. Like, I give credit to Jalen Green. You know, they, they fought tonight. They fought in the second half, and that's cool, and that's awesome. But if you're a diehard Rockets fan, coming off of, you know, the James Harden era where games actually meant something, like, God, God bless whoever actually went to the game tonight. Like, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I'm glad that you're there. I, you know, based on watching it on TV, there really wasn't a lot of fans in the stands tonight. But the, the honest question is, like, if you don't work for the Rockets or you don't have to pod about the Rockets, you know, Jalen Green, I think, is a, is a good answer. Kevin Porter Jr. is a good answer. Why do you watch this team, man? You know, and, and, and Jay, obviously, this show, as always, is open to any Rockets fan that wants to talk Houston Rockets basketball. 
There's no wait. There's no line. Get the request to speak, bud. You can come up. I'll let you give your piece. I'll give my opinion on it. That's what I'm here to do. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. And on that note, uh, we'll go to James, and then we'll go to Shane. James, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been a minute. I'm glad to be on. Always, brother. Yeah, no, for since, sure. Since the last time I've been on, man, a lot has been going on in my head. And uh, during halftime and third and fourth quarter of this game, you know, I try to write down some stuff in my notes. So I just wanted to drop that in here mm-hmm. for this Rocket community. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Uh, we are over halfway through the season, and this team doesn't have an identity. This team has never shown consistent defense, and although the expectations were never high this season, it has still been incredibly frustrating and underwhelming. We have seen highs of Green breaking a Rockets rookie three-point record and dropping 30, Singoon showing how special he can be, and Josh Christopher showing he can be a true competitor on both ends of the floor. That being said, I think the front office made a huge mistake this season. It wasn't smart putting your lottery talent shooting guard on the floor his rookie season without a true point guard. I think this ultimately is negatively affecting Kevin Porter Jr. too. And this league is tough and requires extreme basketball IQ to slow down the game. And I think that's exactly what this team needs. The front office allowed a former all-star level talent point guard to sit out for 40 plus million dollars. To me, that means either two things. The front office made a huge mistake during an important development year, or we aren't trying to win games. And if we aren't trying to win games, then we'll never build a lasting culture. And Stone just really, really needs to be aggressive before the trade deadline. And I really want to see a spicy move, man. We still got 30 games. Let's run it, you know? Uh, James, well put. A lot there. Yeah, um, a lot. I know. Here's the thing, man. Like, <laughs> I, I love Jeremy Brenner like a, like a brother. That's my dude. I talk Rockets basketball with him. You know, he can talk Rockets basketball with the best of them. I'm sick and tired of putting on a persona of being okay with this rebuild. Because this rebuild sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. I'm sick and tired of losing basketball games, man. And it's not the it's not just losing basketball games. But yeah, you know what? We can talk about the box score all you want. Tonight, you know, Jay Shante, 12 points. Christian Wood, 21 points. J- Christian Wood had 15 rebounds tonight. He had 21 and 15. And people will look at this box score and they're going to be like, oh my God, like 21 and 15. It's great. He got destroyed by Joseph Nurkic at the most mm-hmm. important points of the game. It's not acceptable. He can't. His game, his game really reminds me of Porzingis, you know? Like, it, he looks so great. Like, the numbers are always flashy. But his game really doesn't translate to winning games. Yeah. You know? I'm going to bring up Shane. Uh, James, don't go anywhere. Uh, Shane, you're up here with uh, James and myself. How are you, my man? I'm good, man. I mean, good. Hey, yeah, man. I feel better than last game. This is good. Well, who did they lose to last game? I mean, they have so many losses at this point. Well, okay, come on, dude. You could you could roll out a middle school team, you know, against the high school team, and it would look better than what we put up against the Spurs. And the thing is, Shane and James, you know what I don't feel like there's enough of? And I'm not just advocating this just for the hell of advocating. 
this. There's not enough anger in the fan base. Like, the fan base is just okay with getting mm. your ass kicked at home by the Spurs. You know? Yeah. Like, there's still people going out to the games. And this isn't a great lead way. You know, this isn't a great segue, I should say, to promoting the Dream Shake Night at the Rockets. But I'll be, tra- I'll be transparent with everybody. I hope everybody comes out February 10th uh, <laughs> against the Raptors. Go to thedreamshake.com. You can buy tickets for $49. You should absolutely come out and hang out with me. I'll buy you a beer. I might buy you some nachos. Who the hell knows? But let's let's get together and talk about how unbelievably shitty this oh. team is right now. And how Man, there is gonna no offer, fight from sure. anybody. I'm going to ask something. Are you going to buy anyone food in hot dogs or what? No, because that's the dumbest effing thing I've ever heard in my entire life. He's putting a hot dog and putting cheese and Fruit Loops. You know who does that? Desperate organizations that are so bored with trying to come up with things that will work for their fan base because their team sucks and they can't get anybody to go. That's what it is. Yeah, you got to hit the, you got to hit that engagement, man. You got to hit that engagement. It's like, dude, screw that. You know, and then, that's the thing, y'all, is like Christian Wood can go. At least Jalen Green shows some fight. Harrison Matthews shows some fight. They showed some fight in the second mm-hmm. half. You know who sucks and can go at this point is Steven Silas. Is how I feel. Yeah, I just think he's in a bad situation. You know, he came here new first co- first year being a head coach, and he gets a rookie point shooting guard number two pick after he should have been having Harden Westbrook. You know, it's just. And I don't think he's the right fit for this roster right now. You know, I don't think he's the right, right fit for a, a rebuilding team in general. But the thing is, and Shane, tell me if I'm wrong. And I know there's going to be people that you can tweet me at BSW podcast underscore MD. And you can say, well, Mike, a couple, you know, two weeks ago, you said Silas was the right guy for the job. Well, you know what? You know what the beauty of sport is, is that I can change my opinion just like y'all can at any point. It's a game to game scenario. Right, and this team right now sucks. There's no offensive identity. I've said it literally since the first week of the season. I coached four years of basketball. It doesn't take a freaking rocket scientist to realize that he can't coach his way offensively out of a paper bag. His assistants suck. He has the worst set of assistants I there is in the league. Jeff Hornacek, Dezange Giop. When Giop was in the league, he sucked as a big man. Jeff Hornacek played in Utah where he sucked on the teeth of, you know, John Stockton and Carl Malone and Ostertag and Byron Russell. And may he rest in peace. Uh, who was their head coach? Uh, Sloan. You know, great coach. But Hornacek sucked. You know, he was average when he was there. He's, average. He's a shitty coach now. Sorry. The guy that they brought from... From Australia, you know, for anybody who wants to say, oh, you know, he's decent defensively, go look at our defensive numbers. You gave up 125 points to a team without Damian Lillard. Don't give me that shit. Don't give me that. Well, to be fair, okay, I'll say one thing, though. Assistant coaches don't have the same control, I guess, of a team. Well, they normally commit a head coach. Like, I I would say when I saw Will Weaver coach the Summer League team, I did see, like, 
okay, this guy is actually pretty smart, like in the sense of like the way our defense was in the summer league, but then also it was like the way that he knew how to use Usman Garuba, like basically like a Draymond Green, like in the middle and stuff, and like he was passing out the threes and stuff, like where, where we haven't even seen Usman Garuba play this season anyways, but like, um, for barely. So it's just like, I did see like Will Weaver kind of knew how to get more out of our rookies, I feel, than like what Silas does, but yeah, like this main this seemed a lot more Well here's here's the thing, James, and I'm sure you want to comment on this, but I do want to touch on one thing real quick. Shay, the reason why I bring this up is because no matter what sport it is, baseball, basketball, football, mm-hmm. the the organizations that get things right more often than not, you look at their coaching staffs and they have their in football, their offensive coordinator, their defensive coordinator plucked at the end of the year because their teams perform at a at a good level. Baseball, it's you know the the bench coach that gets plucked. Basketball, it's the assistants. You know the assistants get plucked from uh, the Spurs or they get plucked from the Raptors or the Celtics or whoever. When was the last time you can either one of you or anybody in the chat can remember a Rockets assistant coach mm-hmm. getting plucked for a head coaching job somewhere else? Even when D'Antoni, even when the Rockets were doing well, when was the last time a Rockets head coach was plucked for a head coaching job somewhere else? Because Stark, maybe? But then he was a head coach, eh? Who? Because Stark, JB. Who? Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, he was his coaching team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the last one. And congrats. He's having a nice year. <laughs> yeah. They're still not going to do anything or go anywhere. But yeah, okay. So I'll give you Bickerstaff. Bickerstaff's a good name. In one in what seven years, seven ten years, yeah. That's my point. Does uh, Kelvin Sampson count, man? Uh, well, no, Kelvin <laughs> Sampson leading the University of Houston to the <laughs> Final Four. Mazel's up to him. But that, but that's my point, yes, man. Sir. Is and and D's in the chat right now saying that the Rockets don't care about these games. What does that even mean? What here's the thing, right? What the hell are we doing here? If you think that the Rockets don't care about these games, what else matters? It's just not working. And that's I think that's the watching our players and watching our players compete just really shows. Like it's got to tell Stone, I really need to make a good a good move before the trade deadline to pr- to show it to these rosters that he believes in them. You know, give him a yeah. talented player that can slow down the game for everybody. De'Aaron Fox, I'm saying his name. De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox. I'm gonna keep saying it, but I like it. I appreciate you I like having it. me on here, and uh, I'll be there. Thanks, man. Yes. Take care, my man. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. and and real quick, I mean, Adam makes a good point. Good friend of the show. Uh, Chris Finch is a good name too. So I'll give you Chris Finch, and I'll give you Jimmy Bickerstaff. So that those are two names. Chris Finch will be out in Minnesota by the end of next year. Um, but that you know. It is what it is. So I, I take it back. You know, those are two pretty decent names, Shane. But yeah, yeah. tonight it just boils it boiled over for me watching this team play mm. tonight that <laughs> so many times this week on Twitter there were people that went after me because I just I don't believe in I don't believe in in Raphael Stone yet. You know, there's people that say trust in Stone, trust in Stone. Why? What has he done, Shane? Am I missing something that 
makes me have to say, yeah, Raphael Stone is the is the right guy for this organization. I will say, what what, what has happened that has made you say that? Not you, just anybody. Yeah, like talk I mean, me into that. I mean, for me, plus when it comes to Stone, I do think he has pushed the right buttons most of the time for me personally when it comes to like the draft and stuff. I thought like he actually did a good job. I just think they mismanaged. Sure. Our players, basically. Um, except for maybe Josh Christopher. I would say Josh Christopher will probably have got the most out of him, maybe, but like the rest, yeah. the rest are not being used right at all. That's his term. And then, um, right. I mean, it's hard to make a full verdict on Stone until after this trade deadline because I feel like that's when we'll really see, like, okay, is this guy like smart or is he just kind of like just a or is he scared to like make bold moves, you know? Because like I feel like we look at it right now and it's like a bold move probably needs to be made. Like, you know, it can't just be right. just trying to trade for things. You know? Yeah, I mean tonight, right? Why in the world is KJ Martin only playing twenty two minutes when he's eight of eleven from the field with seventeen points? Yeah. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. Like in what world only playing him twenty two minutes? And he has 17 points on 8 of 11 from the field. Make any sense whatsoever. Aaron Gordon, 33 minutes. Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon was trash tonight. Why are you putting him on the floor for 33 minutes? Yeah. He was, he was garbage tonight. You watched the game. He was not impactful on the offensive end whatsoever. He was 2 of 6 from the field. Christian Wood, fantastic offensively, did not come up in the biggest moments of tonight's game. 21 points, again, 15 rebounds, impressive. Alperen Shingun was hot dog water tonight. 11 minutes, he had four points. He was minus 11 from the field. He was one of two from the field. He had three turnovers. He had three fouls. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. Minus 11, he had two fouls. He had one turnover. Three turnovers for KJ and Martin. But Shingun only playing 11 minutes, it's not allowing him to get into a rhythm. Is the problem, but he wasn't good tonight. So there's there's a reason why I guess you only play him 11 minutes. But on the same token, like only playing him 11 minutes doesn't allow him to get into a rhythm. Yeah, and that's the frustrating part of this team, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Is, you know, well, it's team, tough. I think the most frustrating thing is for me is like you look at teams like even OKC, right? That are like they're purposely playing the players for just player development. Like, they're playing Giddy a lot. They're playing Shea a lot. They're playing um, Lubot a lot. And then we're, like, trying to play our wets and mix it up and try to win. And then we're losing more than them. Like, it makes, like, no sense. You know what I mean? Like, like we should be... Well, it's also a little bit different, though, because their entire roster is young guys. The Rockets don't have that. You know? They've got Eric Gordon. They've got Christian. They should have been doing better. I mean, they're, they're going 100%. Youth. The writing is on the wall, Shane. You watch these games just like I do, that it's all about the youth for the Rockets. The more they go youth, the more success that they have. Yeah. You know, but the, the fact is that tonight you look at Joseph Nurkic, who had 25 points and 13 rebounds. Why in the world, and I'm going to say this tongue-in-cheek, you don't throw Daniel Tice out there at all just to bang with Nurkic and give yourself a legitimate shot at winning games? Like, throw him out there for 10 to 12 minutes. 
because it's very clear that he dominated whoever the hell the Rockets put on him. I mean, you know, so it's like if you're going to have these guys on the roster, then play them. You know, if you're going to have Daniel Tice here, if you're going to have DJ Augustine here, if you're going to have those guys here, play them, right? That's 50% of my point. The other half is I would rather them go youth. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Like, if you're going to keep yeah. them here, play them. If I would rather you trade them so then you don't have a choice but to go youth. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I feel like... That's where I'm at. And that's my source of my frustration, man. No, I, I mean, I feel the same thing, man. Like, and it's like, you look at, like, Eric Gordon. Why is it that, like... Why is it that, like, we're living and dying by Eric Gordon when we're, like, a young team in a rebuild? You know what I mean? Because it's like, if you even look at... If you look at our wins, man, um, I think there's only one win where, like, Eric Gordon didn't score more than 20 points or something. And, like, every other win has been, like, Eric Gordon scored more than 20 points. That's why we won. So it's like, I mean, like, that's just not sustainable, like, you know, like, if you're actually trying to do a rebuild. And then, like, I guess, like, why I was a bit better with today's loss was at least Jalen Green got his touches properly, you know? But, yeah, he was he he was better tonight in the second half. He was not good in the first half. And I don't know about you or y'all, you know, here live on Spotify Green Room, or if you want to tweet me at BSW Podcast underscore MB. I don't the videos that come out after these games of Josh Christopher or Jalen Green, you know, putting up jumpers after the game. It's cool. I respect it. But at the end of the day, they don't mean jack shit to me. Shane, for lack of a better term. They don't mean anything to me. As a fan, I don't care. The lights come on. That's what matters most. He shot 4 of 11 from the field tonight, Jalen Green did. He's got to be better. You know, and he was better tonight. He was better than he's been the past couple games. You know, I give him credit for that. You know, but these videos that circulate on Twitter and social media after these games of these guys getting up jumpers, everybody does that. Yeah. You know, like I'm happy that Jalen Green is doing it, but he should be doing it. You know, you're the second overall pick in the draft. No, I agree, but like I do think it is a like it is a quality that is good about. Sure, that's why I believe. Absolutely, that's part of why I believe. Absolutely, Uh, dude, I'm with you, but I'm just using this in context of the source of my frustration tonight. This, like, my frustration has boiled over now. Because I'm just, I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of it. I Don't talk to me about draft picks for our best assets. I don't give a flying you-know-what about draft picks. They mean yeah. nothing to me. Because you can't sell that to your fan base. If I'm a Rockets fan, I'm running for the, for the freaking exits at this point. Because okay. your front office is telling you and showing you that they want some long, drawn-out... Uh, the rebuild. Prove me wrong. That's what I'm asking. Raphael Stone, prove me wrong that you want to escalate this rebuild as quickly as possible. Because I don't believe you at this point. That you and Tillman Fertitta want to turn this thing around as quickly as humanly possible. I don't believe it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not a fan of long rebuilds either. But, I mean, I understand. They don't work. 
They don't work. It's, it's pretty rare. Like, I guess maybe Warriors did, but then I feel like that that was like because they surrounded the young guys with the right pieces as well, like, over time. Uh, yeah. They also got lucky as hell being able to draft Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. None of the three of them were the number one overall pick. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know? And the thing is, is that for Rockets fans last year, I said it all during this season last year when the Rockets were in the middle of looking like absolute hot dog water. And everybody's like, go for the number one pick, go for the number one pick, go for the number one pick. What happened? You didn't get the number one pick. (laughs) So last year, unless somebody proves me wrong, the Rockets last year failed. It, it was it was a disappointment getting the number two draft pick in the in the lottery. I mean, it's I a failed year to me. Time was I, I wanted Jalen even more than Cade. I still I go listen to the shows. I, as the kids say now, go look at the receipts. I said Evan Mobley over Jalen Green. Still true. I love Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green is going to be a superstar. But for this roster and what they needed, it should not have been best player available. It should have been fit the roster. They need a guy next to Christian Wood. That was Evan Mobley. Period. End of story. It should have been Evan Mobley. Now, the thing is, if you wanted to do your um, rebuild around KPJ, because let's be honest, it's felt like more like this rebuild is around KPJ than Jalen Green for this season. If you wanted to do that, then mm-hmm. why did you get another guy that's going to like confuse like who the heck is the main person here? You know what I mean? Like, if, we got Mobley, at least it's going to be like um, KPJ and Mobley working with each other and KPJ and Wood, but then he basically made it into a thing where like, there's confusion basically there, right? Like, Green doesn't want to step over KPJ's foot and then like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just not like a clear direction. Well, I, and James said this earlier, and he's 100% spot on, and not to piggyback on what he said, but I've said it the entire year, offensively, they look lost. And tonight's not a great example because you're playing without your quote-unquote point guard. There was multiple times tonight, though, that Jalen Green looked just fine uh, distributing the ball. He had five assists. I think the long-term proposition for this team, Shane, we're going to wrap up with you in a second and end with Adam. Um, But to me, the best play for this team right now is putting Jalen Green at the point guard position and letting KPJ play off ball and put Jalen Green more on ball. That's not going to change. Any last thoughts uh, before we move on to Adam, Mr. Shane? I mean, just piggybacking on what you were saying, I would say KPJ would make a great sixth man. I still believe that. And then um, if you just take it out of his head that he needs to be this passing kind of player and you just tell him, hey, go get Buffett's pass as a sixth man. And then only pass it, you're forced to pass it. Like, he would actually be so much more free. And then, like, Jalen Green can just, like, um, start with that actual point card and, like, get his proper touches and, um, you know, look to be aggressive without worrying about stepping over KPJs. Um, so that's, that's the way I would approach it. That's fair. Shane, thank you as always, my brother. Let's go to our last speaker of the night before we wrap up. Adam. Adam, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Doing all right. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I've been better, you know, after spending two and a half hours watching that 
crap show of a performance by the Rockets for the most part. But yeah, it wasn't what, wasn't easy to watch. What you got, man? So I th- I just think there's just a bad fit around the entire organization over the last year and a half. If you think about it, yeah, I, you know, previous previous kind of caller mentioned it. You know, Stephen Silas wasn't meant for this situation. He's he's not. You know, he's he he requires a team that's a finished product. And what I think this team generally needs is like a bridge coach. If you think about like Giannis in and uh, Milwaukee, there's a lot of criticism of Jason Kidd during those years. But Jason Kidd was was a pretty good, was pretty ideal bridge coach. You know, he's a guy there to develop players, somebody that the players know, they respect, they'll listen to. Maybe they'll they're able to more easily take criticism from because because they know they've you know they played the game you can kind of see that in Billups as well I just think you know Silas may not just be that may not be the right fit for this team and I don't know if any any coach could could really succeed with the with the team construction as it is this year but I just you know Silas may, may he may not be a bad coach he just may not be the right coach for this team and so you look at Billups you look at you look at Jason Kidd in, in Dallas, you know, they played well this year and they've responded to him under less than ideal circumstance. Obviously, Portland hasn't been good, but considering what they've dealt with, I think he's done a pretty good job to be, what, 21 and 28, you know? Um, well, but here's the thing, though, because I want to make sure I address this as you bring it up. The fact is, he succeeded in Dallas, Steven Silas did, coaching a bunch of young dudes. You know, Luca, uh, Josh Powell, Tim Hardaway Jr. But those are not old veteran guys. He succeeded with a younger roster, yes, alongside uh, Rick Carlisle. But he was a major part of that coaching staff with a younger roster. So wouldn't you think he would succeed with this team? But he's looked completely overmatched in a year and a half since he's gotten here. Uh, I don't think his front office is doing him any favors with giving him the roster that they have given him. So I give him credit for doing the best that he can, but this is a, a result driven business and he has not delivered the results. I, I don't disagree with your kind of you know, point. And I, I think it's hard to say, it's hard to say um, how much he deserves credit for Dallas because Luca's gener- a generational talent, right? How many players have, have made all NBA teams in their first two years, you know, like he was, he just, he wasn't he wasn't your normal rookie, you know. Um, but I, I get your point. Second, you know, secondly, I, you know, I've been trying to be more reserved in making some kind of assessments on on rookies. But I'll start with the lower end. So I, I think I, we talked a while ago about Usman Garuba. Obviously, there hasn't been a lot of you know visual kind of evidence um, at the NBA level for him. But I think I think that's a bad sign, you know, for a team that that many times during the during this year has needed front court players to not get any time. That's either Steven Silas coaching staff saying he's not ready or they just don't like him. And there's some, and from all, from all accounts, he seems like a good guy, you know, Garuba, but they don't play him. But if, if you, th- I mean, you can't, you can't judge. It, not, I, I, agree not you, I agree with you. I'm not you. Experiment. I'm talking about fans as a whole. For whatever reason, he hasn't been on the court. He barely touched the court. 
we, we do know his, what, in the G League, you know, he's played, what, 10, 11 games. He's averaging nine and nine in 30 minutes. That's, that's not great, you know, especially for, for the G League, you know, like it's, yeah, so it's, it's hard to say with him. If you look at Christopher, I, I, I have a general question that's maybe more of like a troll question, but what do you think Josh Christopher's production would be like if he got the attention that Jalen Green has been getting from the organization this year? If he, if Josh Christopher was playing 30 minutes a game and was starting on this team, what do you think his production would be considering that he's shown more, more of a competency at, you know, at, you know, being a kind of an efficient shooter? Yeah, I mean, right now he's averaging, what, 16 minutes a game, seven points. You know, you double that. He's probably in a similar boat of a Jalen Green. He's probably averaging somewhere between 14, I would say probably somewhere between 12 and 15 points a game. I think he's a nice player. I haven't changed my stance. I think Josh Christopher, his ceiling is a more athletic Lou Williams where you just get him the ball and he can go get you a bucket. I think that's eventually what he turns into. I don't think he's a starting caliber player long-term in the NBA, but I think he's going to have a role on a team for years in the league. I think he's a bucket getter. Yeah, he's definitely an NBA player. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like Christopher a lot. With, with Shingun, I've never been as high on Shingun as some of the kind of as most of the Rockets fans. And uh, with Shingun, obviously, I, I think the league has, the, the league has adjusted you know, to Shingun, right? The, you know, Shingun came out and he, you know, he, he did his thing and the league has adjusted and Shingun hasn't, hasn't known how to adjust back because he just, he hasn't shown the ability to overcome his lack of athleticism. It seems like even if he's playing against like a six, five guy, he's, he's pump faking. That's his first, that's his first instinct. You know, there's, it's, it's real. And the defense has just gotten worse and worse. It's, He's probably a big reason why, I mean, you, you trade Christian Wood and you don't get another front court player for him and you're relying on Shingun, you're not going to win very many more games this year. You know, it's, and I don't know. And my, 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 my skepticism with him is just that you can overcome a lot, you know, and, 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 and but, but I don't know if you can overcome just, his extreme lack of athleticism and his slow footedness. And, and it's, it's just, and we keep talking about Jokic with him. There's, there's so little Jokic there. Jokic is, it, there's, it's, they're completely different players. You know, it's just, you know, based on kind of, you know, coming from Europe, you know, there's just, that's the, it, it's, I don't know. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a slap in the face to Jokic to compare him to Jokic. I think NBA career-wise, Shingun is more on the trajectory of an Andrea Bargnani than he is a Nikola Jokic. I mean, Jokic is a very, very special talent. I haven't been as high on Shingun the entire year. He's terrible defensively. Now, he's 19 years old. You can't, you can't pigeonhole him into a certain take and hold him to that for the rest of the year, not even next year. You have to get him as many minutes as possible. But you've got to get him. I'll tell you a guy that I would give. I'd give whatever they wanted for him, period, end of story. Supposedly, Julius Randle is on the trade block from New York. 
I'd give the Knicks whatever they wanted off of this roster outside of Jalen Green, and that's about it uh, for a Julius Randle. I'd like to see what Alperen Sengun looks like with a guy that can be a beast on the inside to play alongside him. That's what that's what Sengun means in my assessment. But I'm with you. I'm not as high on Sengun. So where are you at with real quick before we wrap up? Where are we where are you at with Jalen Green? This is interesting, right? So if you look at his draft profile, you know, he was he's advertised as a three-level scorer that is um a three-level scorer that's that's at his best in transition in the open court and is able to create his own shot. We are, you know, we suffer just from kind of you know, just expectations because he, he obviously hasn't been a three-level scorer. He's barely been a one-level scorer, right? He has breakout games, um, but it's, you know, that that hasn't been as advertised. He hasn't been able to create his own shot, and the Rockets are so bad on him. Well, hold on, hold on. Come on, man. That's not fair. He can't, well, create, he can't create his own shot. He's shown it. He can hit the three ball he can, when he's, when yeah. he's shooting well. He can score in the mid-range. He is a three-level scorer, and he's shown that at the NBA level. He hasn't done it consistently, but I'm just friendly banter between you and I. He has shown the ability to do that now as consistently as I would like to see. No, but he is a three-level scorer. He's athletic as hell. The, the Rockets, outside of Evan Mobley, got the one of the premier players in this league, or in this draft, I should say. Now, if you ask, if I ask you very truthfully, who would you rather have, Jalen Green or Scotty Barnes? Jalen Green in the right situation. That's, 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 a, that's not what I asked. I straight up, who would you rather have as a Rocket? Jalen Green. Okay. Green. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's close. I think it's a lot closer than I thought it would be, but I like Scotty Barnes a lot. Obviously, in order for me, it would have been Cade Mobley Green, but I think the Rockets got a really really good one in Jalen Green. I think it's going to take him a minute to figure it out. I think you're going to see a different Jalen Green once they move Eric Gordon. And Eric Gordon should be that that process needs to escalate itself, especially after tonight. Because it's it's clear, like, making him play in these games is ridiculous. Like what's so like I want to push back on that a little bit just to play devil's advocate. What's going to change when Eric Gordon leaves? Is that does that mean instead of thirty minutes a game he's going to get thirty five, thirty six minutes a game? And um, are they going to make other adjustments in terms of as you mentioned maybe him being a primary ball handler? Yeah, I think I think I think you hit the nail on the head there on a couple fronts. I think the fact is I think you're going to open up more minutes for rotations that make more sense for Jalen Green. And what I mean by that is I would like to see Jalen Green play as much with Jay Sean Tate and Garrison Matthews as possible. And I say that because Jay Sean Tate, outside of Kevin Porter Jr., is the guy that can get the bucket as much as he wants. Garrison Matthews is the best pure shooter outside of Armani Brooks, but Garrison Matthews is a better player than Brooks. Like those types of rotations to me are more beneficial to a guy like Jalen Green because it frees up Green to do what he does best, which is give me the ball, let me go get my shot. You know, but tonight he had five assists. Like he's improving as a playmaker, 
I, I, I really like Jalen Green. I, I I don't want to give the impression that I don't. I, I've been high on him all year. I think just it's it's the it's the way that they're using him. It's the fit. You're right. He he is. You know, he can't create his own shot. It's just the shot. You know, is inconsistent. Um, they they're just defense is so terrible. They never get into transition. You know, like that's that's where he's best at. But they're just not a transition team because they don't force enough turnovers. You know, they're the ones turning the ball over. Um, but a, a question, last question on, on Jalen Green. Sure. Obviously, KPJ, KPJ. You know, that he bought he got a lot of uh, a lot of credit with the Rockets and really maybe got his chance to to start this year. And maybe one one of the reasons why they're not they're not playing John Wall is because they they believe in him. And a lot of the reason they believe in him is because of how he played at the G League last year. He played 15 games or so and averaged 25. Seven and seven, right? If on almost forty-seven percent field goal percentage, P- pretty good, right? And and the Vipers have always been pretty good, but they were they were really good with him. They were elite. Is is there is there any benefit to basically to say you know say Jalen Green, we want you to run the G League team. You know you're gonna no. play forty minutes a game. Nope. And- nope. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. You're not sending Jalen Green to the G League. It doesn't make any sense. It, you, dude, you can't do that because there, there's no benefit. So what? You're gonna send him down there to dominate in the G League? He already played in the G League. Number one, number two, he's your second overall pick. He has to be able. We're way past the point, Adam, of him needing to show that he belongs. He belongs in the NBA. I mean, Jalen Green is averaging 14 points a game. He's averaging three rebounds, he's averaging two assists. He's doing just fine. The problem is, is they don't play enough directly through him to impact the game. The Pistons play through Cade Cunningham. The Evan Mobley doesn't need to be played through. He impacts the game enough by being seven foot and playing on a pretty damn good Cleveland Cavaliers team. Respect to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're playing much better than I anticipated you know, this year. So you got to give props to them. And I, and I asked ask the yeah. question, I, I just don't, I just don't have a lot of confidence that the Rockets coaching staff is going to make the adjustments that you're talking about. If, if they do, that's great. And so in my sense, you know, if you have, you know, 35 games left in the year, where, you know, you look at Josh Christopher, like, you, you don't need Jalen Green to be a point guard, but he needs point guard skills. And, and I think he showed him tonight. Him. Adam, you showed him tonight. He he did, he did. But you know, like multiple fronts, you showed it tonight. We've got like a week and a half before KPJ comes back, you know. And are we just gonna? Yeah, it's, if 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 the Rockets coaching staffs make make the change that you know that there's gonna be more be maybe a sixty forty split in primary ball handler, um, you know, you know responsibilities between KPJ and Jalen Green, that would be great. I just don't know that this coaching staff is is good enough at multitasking and being able to focus on the development of all these players. And that's what they're trying to do. And it's it's that's why this you know it's it's tough to watch, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. Adam, always appreciate you joining the show, my brother. Appreciate it. Have a good night. You got it. Uh before we wrap up, a couple fronts. Um this injury to Kevin Porter Jr. should uh, escalate the process of getting Deshaun Nix here as quickly as possible. Deshaun Nix has been destroying uh, the G League for the Rockets, so we should hopefully see him here 
Monday night, which is when the next Rockets game is inside of Toyota Center, 7 o'clock, against the Golden State Warriors. This has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes and The Dream Take Podcast. Once again, my name is Mike Brown. Before we wrap up, it is important to note once again, uh, Thursday, February 10th, against the Toronto Raptors, the Dream Shake night at Toyota Center. Make sure to join us. Head on over to thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets. Uh, there is a ticket link available. The password is TDS. We will be giving away uh, TDS t-shirts, uh, Rocket swag, meet some of the Rockets riders. Uh, it is promises to be a great time. I am going to buy at least one round of beers for uh, any of the fans that show up at the game and use password Alex Caruso still sucks. Let's get Alex Caruso still sucks. I'll buy your first beer. Uh, this has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Shake Podcast. Uh, follow The Dream Shake on Twitter at Dream Shake SBN. You can follow me on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MV. Follow my co-pilot, the GOAT, Jeremy Brenner, at Jeremy Brenner. Once again, we will be back with you live here on Spotify Green Room Monday night after the Rockets-Warriors game. Until next time, Rockets fans, go! Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from zero to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.